Hello, and welcome to the Varmints Podcast, another special series of shows for National Podcast Posting Month, A Frog a Day. We're not animal experts, but every episode we're going to do our best to educate ourselves and you, the listener, about all things that crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. Varmints Podcast is on all the social things, and you can find a list of them at linktree slash Podcast. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Varmints Podcast. Or use your very favorite search engine and you will find us. I'm Curtis Craddock and today I'm going to be talking about some frog biology. And I will also be discussing another famous pop culture icon, Michigan J. Frog. Now, I was surprised to learn that the frog has not one, not two, but three different respiratory surfaces on its body. That means it has three different ways that it can breathe. Uh, The first way that it breathes is in a method that's kind of similar to the way humans breathe. It's got a set of lungs. Also, it has the uh, skin. It can breathe through its skin, which is how they manage to stay so long underwater and also on the lining in its mouth. While completely submerged, all the frog's respiration takes place through the skin. It's composed of a thin, membranous tissue that's permeable to water and contains lots and lots of tiny little blood vessels. The thin skin allows the respiratory gases to readily diffuse directly down their uh, gradients between the blood vessels and their surroundings. Basically, this is a way of saying that they act kind of like the leveli in your lungs. When the frog is out of water, Mucus glands in the skin keep the frog moist, which helps it continue to breathe and and absorb dissolved oxygen from the air. A frog may also breathe like a human by taking in air through their nostrils and down into their lungs. However, the mechanism of getting it into the lungs is different. Frogs do not have ribs. They do not have a diaphragm, which humans and other mammals use to basically brace the lungs that, that, that they can draw in air like they're drawing it in through uh, a bellows cramp. In order to draw air in through its mouth, the frog lowers the floor of its mouth, which causes the throat to expand. That's that big bubble they make on the bottom of their throat. The nostrils close, and the air in the mouth is forced into the lungs by the contraction of the floor. So basically, they're using that bubble as a pump. To eliminate the carbon dioxide, when they're done breathing, they just do the whole thing in reverse. You know, they expand the, the, the throat pulls the air out of the lungs, and they open the nostrils and push the air out through their nose. Frogs also have a respiratory surface on the lining of their mouth on which gas exchange place takes place readily. While at rest, this process is their predominant form of breathing. It turns out it's more efficient than their lungs are. The way evolution works is you don't get something perfected unless it needs to be perfected, and frogs did not need perfect lungs, so they don't have them. Uh, Although land frogs have lungs, not gills, they can breathe underwater through their skin. They can stay underwater. This was a question I had when I started this episode, is how long can they stay underwater? Generally, four to seven hours, assuming that the the water is of the right temperature and has the right amount of dissolved oxygen in it. 
That seems to be the limiting factor. Uh, some species of frogs, and I did not know this, are almost entirely aquatic. They don't have lungs, they have gills. They just never lose their gills when they stop being tadpoles. And they spend almost their entire lives underwater and can't really come up on land. So, you know, it's like frogs. They have apparently, you know, it's like they don't have just one backup system for breathing. They have two backup systems for breathing. And they all kind of have to work together. It's a very kludgy way of getting things done. It's like, oh, I can kind of get it halfway done with this mechanism and halfway done with this mechanism and another third of the way done with this mechanism. So generally speaking, they can they get enough to go on. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about today is another frog celebrity. Now, there aren't that many frog celebrities, and this is an old one. Um, his name is Michigan J. Frog, and most people, if they recognize him at all these days, are going to recognize him from being the spokes frog for the Warner Brothers Company. Uh, he, Michigan J. Frog made his first appearance in a cartoon in the Warner Brothers' Merry Melody film series. He was a he was a one-shot character, wasn't like Bugs Bunny, he didn't appear a bunch of times, he only showed up one time in a series or in a uh, show called One Froggy Evening, which aired in December 31st, 1955. So that's 68 years, 66, 67, 68 years ago, long time ago. Okay, Michigan J. Frog in this uh, show is a frog that wears a top hat, dances, and he sings ragtime and pop music, and he carries a cane. He is discovered by a hapless man who has visions of profiting from this marvelous dancing, singing frog. And he catches on way too late that the frog will only perform for him and not for anyone else. When he tries to have it perform in front of anyone else, it just turns into a regular old frog. And it thwarts him, and it thwarts him. It's hilarious. If you ever have a chance, you know, look it up on YouTube one froggy evening. Uh, and after that, he didn't really make another appearance until... Um, another Froggy Evening, which was released on October 6, 1995, and became the mascot for the Warner Brothers Studios from July 26, 2005, uh, actually from 1995 to 2005. Uh, on September 17, 2006, uh, when Warner Brothers closed down their um, television operation, he got the last word in. He was the he, he 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 was shown as the final image of a white silhouette, bowing down to viewers as Warner Brothers went off the air and was replaced by the CW. Not sure that was a great exchange, but you know that, things things go on, and 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 they get kind of lost over time. At any rate, okay, that's it for the day. Done all the damage I can do here. This show was produced by Donna Hume on land belonging historically to the Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho Native American tribes, with intro music by Infomercial USA and bed music by Travelers of Time. Our logo created, was created by Imran Javed. And if you enjoyed the show, why not give us a couple of bucks at www.buymeacoffee.com slash podcast. 90% of proceeds go to the Wild Animal Sanctuary in Keensburg, Colorado. Thanks for listening, and be nice to animals.
You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up to the minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.